Okay, so we're back this week with uh, Mike and Andy, and today we're welcoming Charlotte Bates, the co-founder of Bates Wilcox, a mortgage brokerage based out of Newbury in West Berkshire. Charlotte, thanks for joining us today. And the brilliant thing about, you know, for, for me, sort of property investment, especially if you're looking at it at the long term, and a lot of people will say, well, actually, I'm buying the property, it's going to be my pension fund for the future. What better pension fund have you got than a property which is more or less inflation proof? Because whatever your cost of living is in retirement, someone's going to be paying you that because Mm. that's what they're going to be paying as the going market rate for the rent. So for me, you know, people that are going, oh, you know, it's my pension pot, either, you know, you're doing it for long term growth to then sell it to have a lump sum in retirement. Or if you keep it, you know, and you have it on a repayment basis so that that mortgage is paid off by the time you retire, you've got a completely inflation proof investment really appreciate you coming on we met you on one of our thursday night lives with our guys from swindon ben and thomas and you gave everyone an unbelievably accurate and detailed breakdown of the new mortgage product for first time buyers or specifically tenants so we're on the landlord page today so we're turning the tables away from tenants and talking more landlords and the money markets again And there's a couple of points that you wanted to talk about really specifically and something that we, and this is Andy's favorite phrase, I think, bang on about. Bang on. All the time. (laughs) It's up there, isn't it? It's up there in the top three. Um, Swap rates. Now we always say it's not about what the Bank of England base rate is. It's what the swap rate is, but I'm not sure we ever get any more complex than that to tell people what the swap rate is, why they should be watching it and how they can track it. Yep. So fire away with swap rates. Fine. So I'm going to go real back to basics in terms of what is a swap rate because most people will not know what a swap rate is. People will know what base rate is. People will know what fixed rates are. Some people will know what tracker rates are and standard variable rates. But basically, the swap rates are what drives the fixed rates in the mortgage market. So I, as a bank, will go out to the money, the mortgage market, the money markets even. I will go out and I will buy in a tranche of money on a two-year fixed, three-year fixed, five-year fixed, or a 10-year fixed. And what I pay as the bank to buy in that tranche of money is the swap rate. Okay. So it's the it's the money that it's the rate that lenders lend money to each other. Okay. So whatever the swap rate is, I as a bank have then got that tranche of money that I've paid the swap rate on. And then I will then lend that to the consumer at obviously a higher rate than what I paid for it, because that's the margin that that the bank needs to make. So that's basically what the swap rates are. So it's actually the swap rates that drive the new mortgage rates, because that's how much the banks are paying to buy that money in. So the swap rates get updated. um, And again, it's information that, that you can find online. But that's really what you need to be watching, because that's what's going to to determine what you are going to pay as a consumer. So current swap rates, uh, five-year fixed is ju- it's actually just crept up above 4%. So 4.069% is a f- current five-year swap rate. Um, three-year is, is actually slightly higher, so 4.324%. And then the two-year is 4.526%. So you can see that that's why at the moment, you know, if you're watching actually what the mortgage rates are in the market, everyone's going, well, hang on a minute, the five-year fixed rates are lower than what the two-year fixed rates are whereas historically you would always pay more for a five-year mm. fix because you're buying that security for longer um so that's why at the moment you're seeing that the five-year fixed rates are cheaper because the five-year swaps are cheaper 
Okay, so that's really what people need to be watching. Now, they've been sat at actually just below 4% for, for quite a while. And that's why we had lenders offering, you know, 3.74 up to 3.99. So you could get rates starting with a three. Now, for residential borrowing, typically that has just crept up now. And most of the rates that we're seeing are early 4%. What's also really, really interesting at the moment is historically, you would always pay more for a buy-to-let mortgage than you would a residential mortgage because it's investment lending. That's the way that the banks see it. So you'd always typically pay a margin for that. Actually, at the moment, buy-to-let rates in a lot of scenarios are actually lower than what residential borrowing is. So that's really interesting. But everything just has basically shuffled. You know, mm. the five-year fixed rates are lower than two years um, and buy-to-let rates lower than residential rates so when a bank is borrowing this tranches of money are they doing it just like the energy markets are they looking six months in advance so can you now look at the today's swap rate and say well in six months time mortgage rates are likely to be y because the swap rate is x now yeah exactly that so they do use it to do projections um but you know similarly no one could ever think that no one would have ever thought this time last year we'd be sat where we are with, yeah. with interest rates um you know four times what they were yeah. <laughs> um so there's certain predictions that can be made i mean the way that i look at the swap rates is it's quite clear from the swap rates that rates are at some point in the future going to level out and probably dip slightly. Now, the reason I've been very careful on my choice of words there is because I don't want to say rates are going to go down because everyone I'm speaking to at the moment are going, oh, well, I don't want to lock into a five-year because rates are going down. We might see rates level out and come down you know, maybe 0.2 base points, yeah. maybe a little bit more. However, we all have to understand gone are the days of one and 2% interest rates. That if I see that again in my lifetime, amazing, because I've got a mortgage. So <laughs> I want rates to go back there. Um, four years time, mine's up for review. So uh, that's going to be a bit of a shock for me. But that, I hate saying rates are going to go down because people then have in their mind, oh, okay, well, I won't commit because I'll wait until the return of the 1%, 2% rates. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, I personally believe we're probably going to see rates level out between about 35 and 5% over the next five years. Just my prediction. Again, don't hold me to it. Yeah. But if we actually look at what the swap rates are doing, the fact that the five-year money is cheaper than the two- and three-year money, that shows that this, you know, if you like, want to call it a spike, um, again, take it sort of loosely, but it shows that we're probably going to continue to see rates around about where they are, maybe increase slightly over the next two to three years, then they're probably going to level out. And then we might see a little dip. But I personally believe that in five years time, we are still going to have rates between about three and a half, as I said, and 5%. So any kind of dip is going to be minimal. And we're going to see sort of a bit of an increase before that happens. And that's, you know, the evidence of that is the swap rates, which is why, as I said, the five year money is cheaper than the two and three year money, because you've got that peak before it levels out and comes back down. I think that's a really similar view to an estate agent if you if a buyer ever tells an estate agent they're going to wait until the market drops yeah mm. you look at them well you look straight through them frankly <laughs> don't you and just think well firstly what are you waiting for okay you're going to wait for the market to drop how long are you going to wait for that to happen and in that time period what are you going to do what are you, are you going to spend that money on rent or are you going to invest that money into something else and you're not going to pay down the debt on your mortgage that you could do. So yeah. over three years, you might pay £30,000 worth of equity off. Well, 
it's pretty likely the house isn't going to drop it drop thirty thousand pounds in that time so you will still be up and yeah. if you're a landlord you'll have been cash flowing for that entire period as well so it's a very similar view that yeah well things could drop slightly at some point in the near to medium term but until then just keep doing what you're doing is 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 always our view as as an agent it's very similar yeah i think that's a, that's conversations i have is that that why are you waiting you know you need, you need to get cracking on don't worry about what's going to happen in the future we're at right now and right now it's this so get on with it you know yeah. we, we can't say what's going to happen in the future you know people saying that you know i'm not too sure i want to I want to do this, you know, I'm going to wait until until the rates drop, like Mike just said. Well, they might ne- never drop. So, you know, what what is the case that you're, that you're doing that for? Because, you know, it might get worse, it might get better. All right, I think you get a lot of nervous people out there, don't you? Yeah. And, you know, you have this sort of media courage, uh, coverage that people are saying one thing, another person's saying another. But you've just got to leave that to one side and just crack on when it that's works, what, that's it what works. Our, the conversations that we have and also generally property is a long-term investment yeah. and if you look at house prices over a longer period 15 to 20 years i mean you know take the the height of the market 2007 and then obviously you know 2008 to mm. 2010 actually we got to a point where you know house prices we had the peak in 2007 and then obviously we we had the dip however house prices then recovered at a higher level than 2007 in the peak yeah. and generally that's what happens if you look at property trends over the years if there is ever a dip they always generally you know will recover at a higher level and i also think the area that that we're in um it is very strong you know with our commuter links um with all the employment in mm. this area it's really desirable and actually there's been a massive sort of boom in our area because people are not now working in the city a lot of people want to still be close to the city but they want that extra bit of space around them um so you know that's what i always say to people is you have to do what's right for you at the time you can't like you say hedge your bet on what if property prices Mm. were going to go down what if interest rates come down if it is right for you at that point and it's a long-term investment you can't go wrong with property you know history shows that property has always been such a good investment and will continue to be and people say the best investment you can make is in bricks and mortar yep because you know that it's always going to be at that level or or higher and i say to investors look what what is your goal if you're telling me your your goal is that you don't want to be in this in the long term and that you're looking at the situation right now, then this isn't this isn't for you because it's a long term investment property and being a landlord and yeah. investor, you've got to have that long term long term goal and it's a goal and it's like with any investment, you know you'll see it go down, you'll see it go up, you'll see it go yeah. down, but ultimately if you're in it long term well, you'll probably more than likely see a good investment. And the brilliant thing about, you know, for for me, sort of property investment, especially if you're looking at it at the long term, and a lot of people will say, well, actually, I'm buying the property, it's going to be my pension fund for the future. What better pension fund have you got than a property which is more or less inflation proof? Because whatever your cost of living is in retirement, someone's going to be paying you that because Mm. that's what they're going to be paying as the going market rate for the rent. So for me, you know, people that are going, oh, you know, it's my pension pot, either, you know, you're doing it for long term growth to then sell it to have a lump sum in retirement or if you keep it you know and you have it on a repayment basis so that that mortgage is paid off by the time you retire you've got a completely inflation proof 
investment mm. and that's you know that's the way that that i look at it yeah. um and as i said you know i i think using property as long-term investments to fund if you like you know your your later life is is a brilliant way of doing it yeah so obviously you just mentioned something about inflation rents have gone through the roof in the last 12 to 18 months and continue to every Saturday that we go out yeah. doing viewings. <laughs> something seems to happen. That fires a little WhatsApp chat between the two of us of just like the amount people are willing or feel like they're being forced to pay for something. Buy-to-let mortgages have obviously been affected by house price inflation. We're now being affected by rental inflation. What's the affordability like? Yep, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> it's an interesting one because it's got very complicated mm. um, for, you know, again, as, as investors, as, as landlords is, you know, it's no longer as simple as, okay, well, what's the mortgage payment on an interest only basis? Well, I know I need to make sure that the rent is at least 125% of that or in the good old days, 100%. Yeah. Um, that would basically deem the property as being self-financing, therefore make the mortgage affordable. So whatever the mortgage payment was on an interest only basis, as long as the rental valuation was equal to that mortgage payment on interest only that was the affordability test that has changed significantly so what lenders will now do is they use what's called a stress rate so rather than you know this morning the the best sort of two-year fixed rate on a buy to let was 3.69 percent so rather than the lender saying okay the mortgage payment on interest only at 3.69 percent is x therefore as long as the rental is projected at 125 percent of that you can have the mortgage that's not the case. The lenders are using this stress rate. Now, the stress rates are either the pay rate, so pay rate being the 3.69, that's the rate that you pay, plus up to 2%. So they would assume that you're then paying 5.69%, mm. or they'll take a rate of around about 55 to 6%, whichever is lower. So in that scenario, pay rate plus 2% gives me 5.69. Because that falls below 6%, a lot of lenders will say, we're going to assume that you're paying 6% on your mortgage. Work out what the interest only payment is on that. And then depending on whether you are a higher rate taxpayer or a lower rate taxpayer, depends on whether the calculation is based on 125% of that payment or 145%. So <clears throat> for most people trying to get their head around that, that's really, really yeah, difficult. <laughs> um, we obviously work that out for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> where, where we're struggling slightly on the affordability of mortgages, and there's, there's a positive to come, um, but where we've struggled is because of the fact that the lenders are assuming you're paying 6%, of course, that monthly mortgage payment's then coming out quite high mm. on a rate of 6%. Um, then they're asking for 145% coverage on that. The figures just haven't been stacking up. So if you're looking to buy a buy-to-let with a 20, 25, percent deposit mm. we just haven't been able to make the buy to let mortgages work um the positives that are now coming um and barclays were actually the first are the first lender to do this and i'm sure now that they've dipped their toe in the water more will follow they've brought back what's called pay rate assessments so basically they're not using this stress rate of six percent or pay rate plus two percent so in certain cases they're now just saying we'll take the mortgage balance at the rate you're going to pay and we'll do the 125 145 stress rate so that's going to help massively the other thing that the lenders have brought in is what's called top slicing so a lot of lenders will now do top slicing what that means is you've got the calculation for the mortgage and let's say 
you're based on 125% of the mortgage balance at 6%, the calculations out by 150 pounds a month, rather than saying, well, actually, we're going to reduce what you can borrow because of the fact that you've got that rental shortfall. If you've got a good income, and you've got sufficient disposable income that you can actually afford out of your monthly salary after your residential mortgage is paid and all your other bills mm. to support that shortfall of 150 pounds, that's called top slicing. So we use the, the landlord or the client's personal income to top up the shortfall in rental. So that's also been really, really helping. Um, so that's really where interest rates have affected the buy-to-let affordability is just because of the stress rates that are now being used. Mm. Um, and that's actually led to uh, a lot of landlords actually buying properties through limited companies, which is something you've probably seen a lot more of. Yeah. Um, and it's pure, purely because of the fact of you know the tax advantages. Um, <laughs> not a tax advisor. So just to caveat that, I can't give advice on tax. <laughs> um, however, you know, if you speak to your accountant, they'll be able to kind of give you some more direction on that. But it's just purely because if you are a high rate taxpayer, you are being penalised in terms of the stress rate and the affordability test on the mortgage, which if you're buying through a limited company, that you're going to set it up as what's called an SPV, which is a sole purpose vehicle. So therefore, you're setting up that limited company solely for the purpose of buying that buy-to-let property. Well, of course, it has no income from day one it has no income so if that's where the calculations are then done and come out slightly more favorable um, so we are seeing a lot more of that and actually there's now a lot more lenders in the market for limited company buy to let it was never a thing when i started in the mortgage market that was commercial lending you couldn't do mm. that whereas actually now a lot of the main residential lenders are doing limited company buy to lets and i think we'll see even more of that going forward so quick plug Diane from Styles and Company is joining us in a couple of weeks to tell us exactly where the land lies on SPVs and exactly where the land lies on the changing corporation tax. As a lot of our clients are self-employed and then start an SPV on the side for their profits to go into and then go and buy property, which is a very, very sensible option. So if you're one of those people, hit subscribe now. <laughs> We should insert a little yeah. noise, Jordan. Should. Insert a noise. <laughs> um, hit subscribe now and you'll hear what Diane has to say from Styles and Company in the next couple of weeks. My first ever buy-to-let mortgage was top-sliced. I had no idea what they were talking about at the time <laughs> and I didn't mind. It was advised, I'm going to top-slice your mortgage and it'll go through and it worked out absolutely fine. Here's my opinion on top-slicing, especially you say a lot of people's buy-to-lets are their pensions, right? I pay into my pension every single month. It costs me money to go in. And I see the vast majority of people who own buy-to-lets recoil at the thought of ever paying money into their buy-to-let whilst they're also referring it to as their pension. They feel it should cash flow and it should make money on the long term in, 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 in equity as well. I don't see any reason why it's a bad thing to pay money into your buy-to-let on a monthly basis if it's your pension, yeah. just like you pay money into your pension. <clears throat> That's my theory on top slicing. It's exactly the same way as well. A certain amount of my salary can be used from from a mortgage, from a borrowing point of view, because it's it's just like my pension. Well, I've got money coming out of my account for pension. If it comes out of my borrowing affordability to do that as well, why not? It works especially yeah. if it's just to fulfill the criteria of potentially higher interest rates that I don't really believe are coming. 
And that's, I think that's the other thing as well with top slicing is it's your income that's being assessed to cover that shortfall. Now, generally, there's not actually a shortfall. The mm. reason the lender yeah. is saying there is a shortfall is because they're assuming you're paying 6% as opposed to paying 3.69, 3.99. And they're then caveating that with an extra 25, 40% on top of that calculation. So usually you're not actually funding that shortfall, but you're just almost guarantoring yeah. Yeah. that shortfall. It is to fulfill the lender's the lender's criteria. Um, a lot of what we're doing as well at the moment is actually on repayment. So and that's another massive, massive change in the Vitalet world. You know, historically everyone was interest only mortgages on, on Vitalet. Never get repayments no, on, on Vitalet. But I think where that's got better is because of the fact that lenders are now allowing landlords to take the mortgage to age 90 in some cases yeah. there's even a lender out there that has no maximum age so you wow. can just have it forever um, <laughs> but, um, because of that people are actually then saying well actually i'd rather put it on repayment because it means i'm getting it paid back yeah. so that you've got that mortgage-free property in retirement it means that it's making the monthly payment more affordable so potentially your tenant could still cover the whole of that mortgage payment on a repayment basis so it's almost your tenant that's then paying into yeah. that payment pension yeah. pot for you for the future because rather than saying oh i've got to take the mortgage over 25 years or oh, i can only take it to age 65 67 mm. depending on state retirement for you is well actually no you can take it over a longer term to make sure that you've got a repayment mortgage but it still sits within that rental income that you're receiving mm. and it all comes back to what your aims of the buy to let are whether it's to clear it in time for retirement or whether it's to cash flow in the short to medium term yeah. um and that's again the same question you ask everyone why are you doing this yeah maybe not in that voice no <laughs> I was say, when, uh, what are you doing yeah not sure i'd be like actually i'm not speaking to you <laughs> so what what are the what are the numbers looking like charlotte so we we've heard from various different different people that the inquiries that came through about buy to let mortgages have dipped because people are scared, people are selling up because they're hearing all this noise about, uh, you know, certain legislation stuff coming into effect for, for lettings. So they're just getting rid of their portfolios, can't be asked with it and just selling off. Yeah. Um, but what are the numbers looking like, you know, according to you? Are you seeing more inquiries coming through by select mortgages or are you seeing them dip? Are you seeing them sort of the same? What's, what's your view on Yeah, on I mean, there's definitely been a dip and I think... It, it, that hasn't it, that's not just recent that has happened over yeah, a number of years is. and i think you know landlords have just been hit from every angle yeah. and it's in my opinion it's got to change um you know we were hit with additional rate stamp duty we were hit with obviously taxation changes um obviously the next huge thing coming is epcs mm. um you know and potentially landlords are going to have to spend money to to bring their property um energy efficiency ratings up so you know landlords have just been hit but yet there's still so much demand from tenants that the government has got to do something because like you say we've got landlords that are saying well i'm not investing at the moment because actually you know I, I don't want to because of the unknown all the changes coming mm. I think for me it's more of a, a lack of again education and a lack of direction of saying these are what the changes are and actually 
this is what those changes mean. And if you look at it, there are a lot of landlords that are going to be unaffected. Um, what the inquiries that we have seen, so yes, they've definitely dipped, um, I think for a number of reasons. Um, but actually, the inquiries that we are seeing um, is, you know, the landlords are still pretty positive and saying, you know, property is still a, a really yeah. good investment. What they're more looking at, um, I've seen them looking at quite a few, you know, newer build properties that have got the energy ABC mm. rating. Um, that's where a lot of the inquiries have actually been is geared towards anything that was built within the last 10 years, purely because everything's done. Yeah. They haven't got to worry about it. It's already up to, you know, up to the rating that it needs to be at. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what we've seen. We are still seeing inquiries coming in, but whereas before we would have landlords that maybe buy two, three at a time, it tends to be, we'll buy one, wait for that one to get, you know, yeah. sail through, uh, get it completed, get a tenant moved in, then we'll look to buy another one. Um, you know, whereas historically, a landlord might just go out and buy three all in one go. So that's where I would say there's been a bit of a shift. But mm. there's still demand out there. And, you know, I think once all of these changes come into effect around EPC and people realise, oh, okay, actually, it's not that bad, and they understand what the changes mm. mean, hopefully that will bring the buy-to-let market back. And everything that the lenders are doing at the moment, for example, Barclays bringing in pay rate assessments, top slicing being offered by more lenders, that is to open up the doors to more landlords because yeah. we need more landlords. Um, you know, there is a huge shortage still, like you were saying about how much rents have gone through the roof. Well, why is that? Because there's a massive demand for it and the yeah. supply is just not there. So... In my opinion, something has got to change. You know, you can't just hit the landlord with all of these changes. Then obviously the whole EPC change is coming in and then not offer them anything that's going to allow more landlords to be able to invest. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going back to that education element that you, that you said. It's about the education there and how to educate a landlord on, right, these changes are going to come into effect but let's change those changes that are affecting you into a positive. So like the EPC things, my response on that would be, okay, you've got to spend a bit of money on, on, on your property to bring it up to that rating. But think about how that will benefit you when you come to sell the property if you want to further on down the line. Because if your property's got a better energy efficient rating, well, that's probably going to add x onto onto the sale value of your of your house so yeah there, there's things that can be changed there, there's things that will be changed because i think what what did we say before my hundred thousand landlords a year selling up you know you're, you're landlords a year are hitting retirement age, hitting yeah. Retirement age. yeah so, they're, so it's very much a gray up. market mm. and you've got these new investors coming in where you know if you look on the property market at the moment you're probably seeing some good deals out there because people are so scared of what's coming in is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sell it at this price and they're not really getting the value of that, of that property. So there's a few deals out, out there to be had. And I think more and more people will see these properties and see that a deal can be done and getting to, to, to sort of the investment side of things. But that's going to take time. Mm, yeah. So if we're losing all of these properties from the rental market now, that's going to put a pressure on on the demand because the demand is always going to be there. Um, now we've got supply issues. So what's going to happen is, is that because the supply is not there, we're talking about rental increases being an all-time high now. Well, they're just going to increase because now we haven't got the supply 
and we've got more demand than we had that we had previously. So, yeah, I think I think something will be looked at. That I think the government will will realise that and hopefully change a few things around where it's beneficial to landlords. Now, whether that's a tax a tax thing that they sort out or not, you know, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what they think nowadays because something new comes out every day or <laughs> being discussed. So, um, yeah, like I said. Hopefully something will be looked at and then, yeah, I think there's still a big demand for it and hopefully, yeah, things will go up rather than rather than down. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure as well on banks mm. to, to help this. You know, there's a huge drive by the government and the bank have actually got targets on how much of their back book has to be an, uh, an EPC rating A or C. They've got a time frame to do it. So the banks have to do that. You know, mm. that is something that, that they are going to, going to be made to commit to. So they've got to do their part in helping that as well. So obviously we have green mortgages available, um, which just means that you get potentially slightly preferential rates on your mortgage if you've got an A or um, A to C energy efficiency rating, or they might offer you cashback. Now those cashbacks, you know, you could use to make further improvements to the property um, to improve the energy efficiency rating even more. So there, there are things that are being done to try and help. Yeah. And actually, you know, some landlords that might be sat thinking, okay, my property's at a rating E, it's going to cost me X amount to bring that property, you know, up to a C level. Well, actually, you know, speak to a mortgage advisor mm. because it might be that you can borrow that money on a mortgage at a really preferential rate because you are borrowing that money to improve the energy efficiency rating. So we are seeing lots of initiatives out there at the moment by banks that are offering specialist rates on additional borrowing to be able to, if you can demonstrate that you are taking that borrowing to improve the energy efficiency rating of your property. So don't you know don't just see it as a negative is what i would say you yeah. need to get advice from your agent you need to get advice from a mortgage broker just so that you can fully evaluate the situation because actually if you can make those improvements that's not only going to increase the long-term value of the property mm. it's going to increase the rent that you're getting because your property is going to be more desirable because the bills should be cheaper and if you can then borrow that money and pay not much interest or get some form of incentive from your bank for doing that, then actually that might change your mind in terms of, no, I am going to keep the property and I am going to rent it and I am going to keep it long term. Whereas I think, like always, everything is portrayed really negatively. Yeah. You've got to you've got to assess the whole situation. You need to speak to all the experts in the market to be able to make that decision as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to sell it because it's too much hassle. I don't understand what I need to do. Yeah. I'm just going to get rid of it. Talk to people. And that would be my biggest message is we're sat here saying that there's a huge spike in in um rentals well actually so that means brilliant landlords are going to earn more money yeah. so actually if we then take away the problem of all oh, this whole headache and it's just the reason landlords see it as a headache is because it's the understanding mm. it's the fact of oh there was this deadline the deadline's now been changed to this what are the exceptions you know in what cases doesn't this apply um whereas i think actually if they sit down and they talk to you know their letting agent they can find out what it means to them. Okay, fine, I'm going to have to spend five, six thousand to bring the energy efficiency rating up. There's some amazing calculators out there that the banks are offering where you put in some very, very basic information. It will tell you what you can do to improve the rating of your property, roughly how much that's going to cost you, what the change is then to your CO2 emissions, and then based on that, what the potential savings are on bills, which again, your agent can then use that to talk yeah. to 
tenants. So I think, you know, it's my advice would be don't just make a decision because of the fact of it seems like hassle or it's the fear of the unknown. Get advice on it because actually there's probably not a lot that you need to do to still make it viable to keep your property rent it out without spending lots of money. Absolutely. Okay, let's wrap up with some predictions. <laughs> oh, we, <laughs> love it. we love a oh, prediction. Dear. <laughs> From a, a, a money market point of view, obviously the Bank of England base rate has gone up 11 times, 11 times in a row? Yeah. We're still 11 times in a row. Um, from a estate agent's point of view, asking prices went up last month, 1.8%. So I'm going to start and say we're going to have a really, really hot summer market for buyers residentially and for buy-to-let landlords because rents are going to continue to go up because of the exodus from the market. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind if a one-bedroom flat is £1,000 now, by the end of the summer, it'll be £1,100. Yeah. Agreed. Where do we stand on mortgages by the end of this summer? Yep. So we've seen a shift, obviously, since the base rate went up. We have seen a slight shift. Obviously, the swap rates have gone just above 4%. Um, where they are at the moment, I think we might see a slight increase. <laughs> I'm sticking my neck on the line here. I think we might see a slight increase. Um, and the reason I'm not referring to base rate is because, like we said about the swap rates, yep, yep. Um, so regardless of what's going to happen to base rate by, by the end of the year, I think we might see a small increase. Um, however, I think it will be more on the residential side than it will on the buy-to-let side because you can see that margin at the moment between best residential fixed rate out there is currently 3.98%. Well, the best buy-to-let rate is 3.69. So mm. you can see that the lenders are trying to drive that buy-to-let market. They have to balance their books out. And at the moment, they are all really gunning for the buy-to-let business because they haven't done enough business on buy-to-let let to mm. buy this year. So I actually think in terms of the buy-to-let rates, we're probably going to see less change than we will on the residential side of it. So my prediction is we might see, you know, the odd 0.2 base point up um, over, over the next couple of months. But again, as I said, I don't think there's going to be a significant change on the buy-to-let side of it. It's going to be more geared towards the residential because the lenders are doing everything they can to get a piece of that market. I also think, obviously, the criteria is going to relax to allow that business to come in on those rates because they can't really put those rates down. Um, mm. When you're when we're sat here saying you can get a buy-to-let mortgage at three point six nine percent, you know they can't really go down much more when you look at what the swap rates are. So the only way they're going to drive business actually is to relax that criteria like Barclays have done with their pay rate assessment. So yeah, there we go. About, about point two is, is my prediction, but... Percentage-wise, how confident are you? <laughs> 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 it's a difficult one. Right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 80. 80 <laughs> I'm going quite high there. That's but, good. Um, maybe we need to sit together again in a couple of months and we'll review it and probably sit and laugh. Yeah, remember this, this Remember this moment, 80% confidence. <laughs> I'll so. walk out of this door and I'll probably open an email. <laughs> yeah. so it's already Qua completely quasi quartings so. back in the treasury. <laughs> all of these things that get thrown at us that literally one day can change the market to the next um, and, and it happens. And it's. I was up at... Uh, the private banking arm to, to one of the big lenders up in January. And I was sat with their sort of top economist and he said four and a half percent base rate by the end of the year. And 
when the base rate changed on the 11th of uh, May, I thought, we're there already. We're already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you never know. And, who, you know, if, if we had a crystal ball, then uh, I'm sure the world... That'd uh, be a lot easier, wouldn't be, it? Uh, much Do us all a favour. Yeah. Charlotte, again, thanks so much for joining us. Anyone who's got any more questions on what we've discussed or wants some direct advice from Charlotte, your contact details and your social links will be in the show notes. But again, if you want to seek out Charlotte from Bates Wilcox please do. She's always available uh, to help you out with mortgage needs. So again, Andy, Charlotte, thanks for your time. Thank you. See you again next week. Lovely.